Come on, Duke on Larry, bro. I thought I had Poe. Where the Poe? Come on, where the Poe? Hey, right. You guys can get fired. I'm Junior Kekoeva Junior. Oh, bro, we're going to take one ride today. We're going to take one ride down memory lane. <laughs> memory lane. You know, that's a place that you go before it's all over. You, you know, you, you always notice that, right? You notice memory lane when people start going down memory lane, right? Bro, it's time to hang it up already. Because, you know, you see them on social media, right? They, memory lane. They start posting stuff, you know. Because everybody has their time. And on today's podcast, bro... We're going to talk about bringing things to you. We're going to talk about manifestation, bringing things to you. You do not have to go to it. Okay, everybody spends their life chasing, you know, something, right? We're all chasing something. What is it we're really chasing? Okay, I'll go tell you how to bring it to you. Okay, it's very simple. And and things, you do bring things to you. you. Just maybe sometimes you just don't realize that it's happening. Okay, but first, the attitude of gratitude. Yes. Hey, we'd like to thank the last two countries that joined us, Botswana and Syria. Okay, and then um, we get some stats. Rob, okay, so in the last 24 hours, over 8,200 plays happened. Okay, 8,200 plays. The plays are going up. So we'd like to uh, mahalo everybody. And uh, just, we just take some random countries right now that are listening. Uh, Belgium, Australia, Japan, France, Brazil, Portugal. Port- hey, bro, we get some Portuguese. We get Portuguese listening. Like, real kind Portuguese. Like, authentic Portuguese. Portuguese. Like, uh, never mind. Uh, Italy, Poland, Romania, Slovakia, Spain. It just keeps going. We get 30-something countries and uh, 20-something states, I think. Something like that. Males is 79%, so went down because the females is rising. Bro, the females on the podcast is right because they're all out there going, What? See you on podcast? That freaker. Right? So they all listening. The Mahalo ladies, thank you very much. Uh, the, the females making up over 20%, right? And, um, oh, uh, non specified is 1%. Non binary is zero, so we don't have any non binaries yet. Uh, you know that, that, that is, that is something, right? You guys, you guys see that where they, where they do the kind, they, they do the, um, like your pronoun, like what pronoun would you like to use? <laughs> you know, for, for me, I was, I was thinking about them. I just going by it, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, so you can go by Mr., Mrs., Ms., right? There's, um, and, and in the news lately, Dem, uh, Demi Lovato, right? She came out and said she wants to be known as they, right? They. So she's incorporating two pronouns, right? They. Okay. Uh, I just going by it, you know? So, so all you gotta do is go, rah. It is on the podcast again today. <laughs> if you like relate to me, that, that's it right now. But on today's podcast, bro, I'm gonna tell you how I brought stuff to me and I never even know. I never even know. Because you know why, Hawaiians, right? 
in your life, right? You don't really know what's going on in the moment until you get past that moment and you look back and you go, whoa, that's what happened, right? Because when you when you think about the law of attraction, now this is a law of attraction podcast, okay? And, and the law of attraction says that what you focus on multiplies, right? What you desire comes into your life. And now, you know, I, I don't know, when I was a young kid, right? You know, I told you guys how many times on a podcast, I think from the time I was about 12, but now when I think about it, it came before that. Because in fourth grade, I wanted to learn how to play ukulele so that so that I could play in front of the class. You know, we had on, you know, the kind of stuff, right? And and um, it, it wasn't really a talent show. It was more like, you know, okay, you, you go dance hula. You, you go play ukulele. And I was the ukulele guy. They said, okay, you, you go play ukulele. Now, <clears throat> in elementary school, when you're in elementary school, right, it's just a fun thing, right? And then you do it and you overcome the fear and then pretty soon you get addicted. I don't know. It was like an adrenaline rush, right? Because first you're scared, right? First you're scared, right? And you go, oh, everybody looking at me. You know, and I remember the cafeteria. It was an old cafeteria in our elementary school. And and I remember standing on a stage and, and the, the curtains was like, you know, old curtains, right? You could smell the dust. Yeah, I remember that. And And big, thick curtains, right? And they wouldn't draw them. They, they never closed them. They wouldn't open them up and everything. But I remember the whole scene, right? And I was standing on this wooden stage. It was all wood. Everything was wood. I don't know if the termites can get them by now, but <laughs> but Buggo was all wood. And I was looking, out, and all my classmates, right, from fourth grade was, was sitting on the floor, cross-legged or whatever. You know, it was all, like, sitting on the floor. It was all looking. It was watching, like... Oh, what can happen? What are you going to do? You know? And of course, you know, even in elementary school, in fourth grade, you get haters. And they're waiting for something to go wrong. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, I'm gonna watch, we're going to watch this freak out. We're going to see if you're going to make a mistake. You know? There's always that, right? But there's that initial fear and the butterflies and everything. And once I went into my song, there was no butterflies. Right? The butterflies came like... Maybe, you know, up until the middle of the first verse, right? Something like that. And then it goes away. And then music has a way of drawing you in the moment. And you have to be in the moment because you got chords to remember. You got, you got the beat to, you know, you got to carry the beat. You got, you got to perform the melody. You got to sing. You, there's so many things going on. You cannot drift off somewhere, right? That happened later. That happened later when I was doing my solo career. Oh, bro. Oh, I remember, I remember playing hotels, right? And people talking story and stuff like that inside a lounge, right? And so I would just be there singing, right? And pretty soon, I was like, I was thinking of other things. I was gone. I was down there. My mind was at the beach or, you know, someplace else, right? Because these guys wasn't paying attention. But in fourth grade, everybody paid attention, right? They was all looking. Okay, let's see what's going to happen. What, what this guy going to do? And I played Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head by B.J. Thomas. Okay? Now, I know I know, I, I dating myself, right? Because most of you guys on the podcast, we're in the mainland, you probably know who he's at. Uh, people in Hawaii, so, so the states, right, is uh, number one is California, number two is Texas, number three is Hawaii. And uh, we're getting, hopefully we get more Hawaii people. But, um, and then, of course, the international audience that we have. 
uh, just just Google BJ Thomas or search down uh, BJ Thomas. Go on, you know, if you go on YouTube, BJ Thomas. And he, he, the guy was amazing. He was a good artist, right? And we listened to him back in the day. So I go, oh, okay, let's do this song, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head by BJ Thomas. That's the first song I ever learned on the ukulele, right? Now, most guys that I knew my age, right, they was learning stuff like Hene Hene Kowaka and, you know, Hawaiian music. They was learning Hawaiian stuff. And and some guys was looking at me like, oh, why why you not learn Hawaiian? You know, but in my mind, right, and this went for my whole career. This this went for, like, carried with me all the way through. There were so many people doing Hawaiian, like so many people doing Hawaiian stuff. That I felt like, wow, if I go and do that, then I'm going to compete, right? So my sights was actually above or beyond. Let's say beyond. I don't want to say above because it's not like it was better. But it was just it was just beyond Hawaiian music because I wanted to go, you know, mainland, right? My, 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 go, my dream job was like, okay, you go perform in the mainland. You go do all this stuff in the mainland, right? And that never happened, okay? But the mainland came to me, and that's what this podcast is about, okay? So that was the goal anyway. But from fourth grade, what happened was I got the bug, right? I performed, and I got the applause, and I don't think it was the applause that that did it for me. You know, if I go back to when I was five years old, I remember hearing my first Don Ho album. And because we never have TV in Hanalei. Right, so I heard my first Don Ho album, and there was a, it was a live album, so you could hear people cheering and everything inside the album. Right, people, you know, it was the live show, and it wasn't until later, you know, that all this stuff started coming into my life, Don Ho included, right? And so, but at five years old, I I, I remember being attracted to all that action. Now, not having TV, right, and you just listening to radio, songs on the radio. We never have live radio in those days. It was all gone already. Okay, live radio theater, all that stuff, that was gone already. So, you know, but but in those days, there was no TV because we had UHF. You remember? Remember the tinfoil on the rabbit ears? Okay, we had UHF in those days. They never had cable. Cable wasn't invented yet, right? And so we had UHF, and the, the signal couldn't get over Namolokama, which was the mountain in Hanalei. That was the main mountain, and it was a huge range, a huge mountain. So we couldn't catch the TV, so we used to listen to albums. And and my mom and dad used to put on Don Ho's album, and, you know, we, we heard, uh, well, people that you probably wouldn't have heard of locally, uh, in Hawaii, right? People like Marlene Sai, uh, people like that. Okay, so there, there was my mom's favorites. Now Nancy Wilson, my mom used to listen to Nancy Wilson, uh, a lot of stuff like that from the mainland. And uh, but, but you know, we, we that's what we did because there was no television, and it was pretty cool because I didn't get programmed until I was about eight, eight years old, I think, something like that, right? But I spent like all those years, the formative years, right, without television and just imagination. So I don't know if that has anything to do with me being all right brain. I have I have no idea. But I can tell you that that everything, you know, I imagine started coming true, started coming into my life. So first grade was my first opportunity, my first experience. I did that song. And after that, I was like, oh, yeah, I like learn more songs. And I learned a couple more songs, but then I gave up on the ukulele. 
you know, and then, the, you know, I could follow Hawaiian music. I wasn't really into Hawaiian music, but I could follow. So I would go sit down, jam with everybody, you know, that kind of stuff, right? And um, and what really came in handy with the ukulele was when when I started hanging out with the Beach Boys at uh, Wailua Beach, right? And and these, these old-time Beach Boys, they're legends back home. <clears throat> and I used to hang out with these guys and follow. Because what you would do is you would just, you would follow you know, really soft, <laughs> really, especially if you was a kid, right? Really soft, and you would just follow along. And the treat was just to be able to play with the older guys. And in my case, right, when by the time I got to the beach, so we go from fourth grade, we fast forward to the beach. To the beach was like 13. Now, the guys I was hanging out with was in their 30s. Okay, they're all gone uh, right now. God rest this. So most of them, uh, the iconic ones are gone. And, um, you know, and, and those guys I got to hang out with. So I was a beach boy for, for my whole, you know, from 13 till I got out of high school. I was a beach boy. And, um, you know, and all, anyway, it just kind of goes like that. But from the time I was about 12, I started thinking about this entertainment thing, right? Because I got the bug in fourth grade. And then I started listening to, you know, Sinatra and all, all these kind of guys, Don Ho, and, you know, revisited that, right? And and um, all this stuff, and they had a lot of local people on radio, and they, you know we could catch the AM. It was Hawaiian radio, KCCN. Uh, for you people in Hawaii, you guys probably remember the AM station, and they played Hawaiian music and local artists. So we heard all of that. You know, we we heard the the scene happening in Honolulu and and whatever. So we, you know, I listened to that and that tried to mimic here and there, learn here and there, kind of thing. And then in high school, we started playing together with other, you know, my, my classmates, some of them, uh, one of my classmates actually took music to a whole new level, and uh, God rest his soul, he's not with us anymore, Bobby Kolokula, and we used to, you know, sit down and jam with this guy, Fred Aki, it was me, Bobby, and Fred, we used to sit down outside the music building, and, um, and we used to just play, and we used to leave our, our case open, and, and, Wow, people used to come and give us quarters and stuff. Like at the end of the school year, I remember we split them up and we each had like, I don't know, like five, ten bucks each. I mean, it was crazy. And, and you know, we didn't do it for money. We just left the case open to see if anybody would. You know what I mean? Right. And they started throwing money. I mean, giving money every once in a while, you know. And so we just saved them. Bobby saved them. At the end of the year, he paid us. You know what I mean? It was like a gig, bro. And, and it was good fun. I mean, it was just about fun. And so, you know, when I, when I look back at my life, right, I go, okay, everything I desired, and this goes for you too, Hawaiian, okay? So you guys all Hawaiians when you guys listening, okay? Now, the, the, the law of attraction says you get what you desire, Okay, so if you, you know, I don't know, if you like being gangster, right? So there was a time when I, I was on the gangster thing, right? And I, bro, I attracted some major gangsters. I saw some major gangsters, right? And then, you know, my, my inner core values kind of told me, bro, you, you cannot do this. What are you, you going to do this for? You, you cannot do this. You're not good at pulling time. You know, you cannot, you know what a pace is, but do this. You're not good at that. So, so eventually I kind of, you know, went away from that, right? But everything that, you know, I dreamed of, right? So I always, you know, I saw the Don Ho TV show when I was in high school and I go, whoa, wow, I like, I like meet him one day. I like be like that. I like do that. Cause he had all the girls, all the girl, all the chicks and everything. He had hula dancers. He had all this stuff, right? 
Then, you know, I saw Frank Sinatra and the orchestra and all that kind of stuff. And I said, whoa, I like to do that. You know, I like I like to do that. So I knew that show business was the thing, right? I had that B.J. Thomas song on ukulele. Okay, I could do that. I had some Hawaiian music I could do on ukulele. Okay, I did that. You know, at 14, I started learning the guitar. There was this guy and, um, you know, people know him as Brado nowadays. He was the only guy that, uh, you know, normally I don't name names on a podcast, but I can name a couple names, okay? And um, and he had a different name, and I'm not at liberty to disclose all kinds of information, right? Because sometimes I get, I probably get these guys, they come on Instagram, hey, who's that? Who's that you're talking about? So anyway, but they call him Brado, right? And he's still an entertainer, he's still going, he's still entertaining, and he taught me my first couple chord progressions i want to say and and then he taught me some songs like some kalapana c and k whatever whatever was popular right and he would know the songs already because his dad was this jazz guitarist right and so his his dad was was major heavy duty and and so this guy when he was 16 years old he played like an expert he played like on jazz expert bro I mean, this guy was on virtuoso, like on the guitar, and he used to make the chicks cry in school. The way the way he used to sing, it all made the chicks cry. When I sang in school, I made the chicks laugh. <laughs> it was like it wasn't working, Hawaiians. It wasn't working. But anyway, but but they remember. You know what I mean? They remember because because my uncle, I had an uncle that used to dress to the nines, right? He used to he used to do the gold jewelry all all of that right dress to the nines you you know he was out there he was he was uh, playing music too, and so I only had him to go by in my family right so of course I, you know you know my mother said well okay time for buy clothes for school so I bought the kind of clothes that would you know somebody would dress to the nines with, and it kind of you know I gotta say Hawaiians it it did not look very cool. Because, you know, I, I always looked like I was going to the club when I was walking in the classroom, right? And it didn't really, it didn't really work too well. <clears throat> but, but, um, I mean, you know, you're talking about platform boots, you're talking about, right? You know, back in the day, bro, it was all, I was all tricked out. And, um, you know, I had the hair, right? I had too much hair, I had plenty of hair. And, and, so, I mean, you know, uh, thank God I had plenty of hair then because now I still get hair. But, but you know, the, the, the thing about it was that, that I, I got into this thing, right, of like, of like being the, the entertainer guy. Like, because you got to get into your thing. So, this is, this is how um, I was, exp- it was explained to me uh, first by my uncle who said, hey, you like being an entertainer, bro. You got to dress like an entertainer. You got to think like an entertainer. You got to act like an entertainer. You got to d- rehearse like an entertainer. You got to practice like an entertainer. And and so so that began my quest, right? Because <clears throat> that was my goal. And, and uh, you know, and then when I, when I got older and I got into, you know, I got into uh, self-development for many, many years. Oh, man, I don't, even, I don't even know how many years it's been right now, Hawaiians. It's been so long. And, and I got into self-development and, and my uncle's lectures was the first exposure to that. And what they tell you in the self-development, right? All the experts, they say, you got to fake it till you make it. Okay. They don't mean you, you have to lie or bullshit somebody. They don't mean that. What they mean is before you drive the, you know, BMW, before you drive the Maserati, okay, you got to appreciate the Toyota. And you got to drive them like it was your Maserati. 
Okay, and what that means is you gotta appreciate that car, and you gotta thank God for that car. You gotta, you gotta, you know, whoever you believe in, right? Uh, if it's Jesus Christ, Allah, whoever it is, but you gotta thank whoever you believe your Creator is for that car, and you gotta treat that car. You gotta be nice to that car. You gotta, you gotta polish that car. You gotta take care of that car, right? And then, and then you get more. You get a better car. And things get better and things get better and your career gets better as you practice and everything gets better why because you're performing actions that are conducive to your goal that's what it's all about it's about goals and you got to set your goals you know in my mind right i already had okay i don't, I don't need to write them down because i know already right but let me tell you Hawaiians, you got to write it down i learned at a certain age you got to write it down and before we 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 had all this, you know, uh, notoriety or popularity or whatever you want to call it. Before we had all of that, right? I started writing them down because I wanted to ensure it. I wanted to make sure, okay, this could happen. We're going to write them down. And, and then, you know, I gave myself two months because it takes 66 days to change your paradigm, okay, or to shift your paradigm. Okay, and then you still got to work on it to keep it changed. Okay, you cannot, uh, this is one thing I'm going to tell you, this, and this is the life coaching part, okay? You cannot shift your paradigm and then rest on your laurels, okay? You cannot shift your paradigm and then slack off and think that you can maintain that, okay? Because it's a discipline, okay? And we, we did the last podcast was talking about self-discipline. Okay, so I just I'm not going into that too much, right? Because we already did, but I'm just gonna tell you that that when you do this and you start working on this, the minute you let go and you go, ah, now nah, you know I go take a break. I, I think I just going I'm going beach this next month. I'm not gonna write down goals. I'm not gonna write affirmations. I'm not gonna meditate. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not, right? You go right back to what you were doing before that, because your paradigm will take you back. You will go back to your bad habits, right? You will go, whatever your bad habits are, drinking, smoking, you know, whatever, you know. And and uh, I used to smoke cigarettes way, way back in the day. I used to smoke cigarettes and stuff. Probably the, the hardest thing that I ever did was quit smoking, okay? And here's how, I, you know, now that we're on the habit, you know, we're on the topic of bad habits and changing your paradigm. Let me tell you how that happened, right? How I quit smoking, so how I quit smoking was through faith in God. Okay. Now there's this there's this, there's this one guy on Facebook, right? And he he acts like he's the holiest dude, you know. And I keep him on my Facebook. I would have I would have blocked him a long time ago because he's he is so conditioned into the commercial Jesus, right? And I'm talking about the commercialism side of religion and memorizing scripture and all this stuff, right? And and just I mean he he does not see or does not know or does not observe the fact that in the bible it's talking about the human being the inside of the human being right you know when jesus told his apostles to cast the net to the right side it's in reference to the right hemisphere of the brain stuff like that all right so when i quit smoking right i go wow i tried so many times so many times i went right back down the store right back down the store and i bought cigarettes so what i did was I, I made it a point. I said, okay, this time I'm going to quit for real. Because in the Bible, it says that, that anything you want to, you know, uh, abstain from or whatever. You got a cold turkey. You just got to cut them off. That's it. Done. Right? And don't go back. Right? So that's what I did. Right? But I figured, well, I need God's blessing on this. Right? 
Uh, I need the Lord's blessing, God's blessing, whatever you want to say, okay, Creator's blessing. And I turned on the, the this channel. It was called Day, the Daystar Network. It was a Christian network. And um, so I had my Bible, right? I had my Bible right down my bed. I turned on the TV and I said, you know what? I'm not leaving the room unless I got to go bathroom or go to the kitchen to grab something to eat. That's it. The rest of the time, I'm going to be in my room and I'm going to pray and I'm going to get rid of this desire, this urge to smoke cigarettes, right? And that's what I did. I stayed in my room. Now, for the, for the three days I was there, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, okay? Three days. I stayed in. It did not have to do with anything in the Bible or the Jesus is three days. It had nothing to do with anything. It just, I just thought that, okay, this weekend, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit smoking. So Friday, I stayed in my room, right? All night. The TV was going the whole time. Every time I woke up, there was a blessing going on. There was a praise going on. There was praise and worship going on. There, there was choirs singing sometimes. I woke up, you know, because I left the TV on. All weekend long, and I had this big 42-inch JVC. It was the biggest tube television that, that they made at the time. And I had, and I got them cheap. I got them cheap from my friend. He used to work down in a warehouse. And this was, this was a return, right? And it, so so they buy them cheap, right? They turn around, they sell them, you know, uh, too cheap for, you know, regular guys like me, right? And so I bought the TV, right? So I had this thing. And it was going, going throughout the whole weekend. Monday morning came, Hawaiians. Monday morning came after a very long weekend. I didn't suffer any withdrawals. I, I wasn't suffering any kind of like, I wasn't, you know, thinking like, oh, I got to get to the store to buy cigarettes. Nothing. When I left my room Monday morning, I had no desire to smoke. I went to work. I did my work and I took it one day at a time. And since then, I, I've never been back to the store to buy cigarettes. You see? And I, and I just, that's how I did it. Now, everybody has a different way of doing things, right? But that's how I did it. And I got to tell you something. This is something interesting. At the end of those three days, right, when I came home, uh, that I went to work, right? I had my clients. I went to work. And I came home. I was teaching at the time. And I came home. This was, this was way before the entertainer stuff that I did. This was way before all that popularity and stuff. And, and I came home. And I turned on the regular TV. Because I remember turning on the TV and there was the, the religious channel, Daystar Network, right? And I said, okay, well, let me see what, you know, let me watch the news and stuff on the other channels. When I turned the television to different channels, when I was flipping to the different channels with my remote, I cannot tell you how, how the TV programming would just jump out at me. Just like, like shock, Right? Because there was there was sex, there was violence, there was, bro, there was there was murder. There, I mean, all kinds of stuff, right? The, and and the channels was the, the shows, right? It was like was like CSI kind of shows, you know that kind of thing. There was dramas about killing people, and I, I mean, just the the worst things that you could think. But it took those three days for me to notice, right? Because before that, I never noticed but was regular. It was regular for me always. You know, I see people getting murdered on TV. Okay, well, that's Monday night. You see? Well, it, but I, I noticed because it just jumped out at me. Because for three days, I was watching wholesome programming. For three days, I was watching Christian programming. 
I was, you know, things that were clean, right? Now, I, I know I know the back end. I know the back story that some of the televangelists, I know what they do. I know, you know, some of, some of the stuff they do is fraudulent. I get it. I was watching Creflo Dollar, right, before he bought the jet and all that, right? And then, so, so I, no, I know the other side, right? <clears throat> but I'm just saying, the programming, the way that they present everything, okay? Now, the way they present, right, like entertainment in the front is way different than the back, okay? It, what you see in the front is show business. And the same thing for Christian Network, right? The same thing, but, but it's the content, right? And the content just jumped, the regular content, when I was flipping through the channels, just jumped out at me. And I saw the difference. I never would have seen the difference if I never do that. So I just thought that was interesting. Anyway, so that happened, right? I quit smoking, right? And I never went back. I had dreams sometimes. I, and I used to wake up. I go, wow, did I smoke? Because I had dreams I was smoking. Because I smoked, you know, for years, right? And then so, so, but I had to make a decision. What was more important? Was I going to live my dream or, or was I going to smoke? Was I going to destroy my voice or was I going to use my voice to make a living? You see what I'm saying? And, and the choice was simple. It was, it was a no-brainer, right? It was like, bro, you got to put them down. You got to put it down. And there comes a time in, in, in your life when you got to do things like that, no matter what, right? Because everybody has bad habits. And sometimes we drop one bad habit and we pick up the other bad habit, right? You know, I get bad habits. Everybody get bad habits, okay? There's nobody clean walking the face of the earth. The last time somebody was clean, right? As the story goes, right, they crucified him, okay? So that's according to what I know anyway. Okay, if, if it, there was somebody else, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm sure in every culture they have one. But I'm just saying, right? So so what I started, you know, what I desired when I was a kid, when I desired, what I desired when I was five, manifested when I was 14, right? And I was sitting there, you know, and I, I said this on another podcast, so I don't want to go into detail, but I was sitting there, right? And all of a sudden, Hawaii's greatest star's daughter passes and she knew me. And she's like, hey, you want to come meet my dad? I'm like, whoa. Boom. Manifestation right there. You know, and from there, it just kind of went. You know, it just kind of went and, and things just kind of happened. And pretty soon, right? And it's, and it's, you know, God will bring the people necessary, Hawaiians. Now, you might not get the dream you want the way you want it. Okay? Because I don't think anybody ever does. And that's why I stopped planning. I turned it over to God a long time ago. And you know what, Hawaiians? I've never been let down. I've never been let down. And all the stuff that I was turned down for, right? When I turned back and I looked, right? Because like I said, right? You don't, you don't understand right now, okay? But tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, two years, five years, seven years down the road, you're going to look back and you go, yeah, that, that's why that never happened. Right? You know, and all this stuff, right? And sometimes it's like that clique you want to belong to. Sometimes it's that group you want to get in with. Sometimes it's that Okole you want to kiss, right? Or maybe the Olemu. <laughs> maybe the Olemu. For you Hawaiians listening in Hawaii, maybe the Olemu. Maybe you know, like kiss the Okole. But anyway, what, what I'm that's an inside joke for Hawaiian people, uh, for, for local people in Hawaii. All right, but, but I'm just saying, right? You know, sometimes you think you want that. Sometimes you think you want these guys. Sometimes you think you want to be with those guys because they're going to lift you up, right? 
And sometimes, and this is my experience from what I've seen behind the curtain, and I'm, you know, I'm not talking just about entertainment. I'm talking about politics, entertainment. I'm talking about CEOs and corporations. I'm talking about everything I've been exposed to, and I've been exposed to a lot. Okay, and I've been behind some pretty big damn doors. Okay, including, including uh, the highest political office in the state of Hawaii, including like like all, a lot of corporate. A lot of corporate things, a lot of stuff. And I can tell you one thing. And religion, okay? Religious stuff, okay? And I can tell you one thing, Hawaiians. When something is not meant to be for you, and you get past it, and you move on, in the moment, you might be kind of sad. You might be like, ah, can I, why can't I do that? Why can't I be like that? And then down the road, you find out, like, hey, yeah, there's indictments going down. <laughs> there's indictments for these people. You know, like, oh, so-and-so had to go to court because he's he fighting this case and that case. And, you know, you, you don't know until down the road. And then you see the corruption. Then you see behind the curtain. And God shows you why. But if you're not tuned into this stuff, if you're not really tuned in, and I'm talking about intuition, I'm talking about observation, I, I'm talking about self-awareness. If you're not in tune with all this stuff, if you don't meditate, if you don't pray, if you don't, all, all this stuff, if you're not aware, you're going to miss them. And guess what? Because of all the exterior sources of, of entertainment, information, distraction, right? You know how everybody's belonging to the NFL, right? Right? Everybody go on team, right? Hey, once a year, Super Bowl, everybody get party, right? Okay. And so, so these things right give them bread and circuses who said that right okay um, don't make me go into a history lesson i'm just saying that you give them bread and circuses they're not gonna rebel right because the bread right money okay payment money jobs right circuses entertainment nfl okay not, not just the nfl it's the nba it's the major league baseball it's it's everything. It's high school sports. It's college sports. It's everything. It's swimming. It's diving. It's track. It's horseback riding. It's right. Everything is is horse track racing. Everything. All these distractions, okay, pull you out of yourself and apply you to whatever you're distracted to, on a spiritual level. Now, if you're too preoccupied with that, Hawaiians, you gonna miss them. You gonna miss them, okay. Because by the time you sit down and, and slow down enough where life starts to, starts to catch up with you and you and you owe, right? And that thing hits you like a ton of bricks, right? You cannot keep running. You cannot keep running, Hoynes, right? So, so let me tell you this, right? So when you're attracting things to you by desire, you desire this, you desire that, okay? You desire the car. But, I, you know, I drive a Mercedes today. People that walk into the chapter of my life now, right? They see the million dollar house. They see the Mercedes. They see the office. They see the, you know, the office is going. December, the office is gone, Owens. Okay? It's gone. It's outdated. It's outdated. We're all on the web now. 95% of my income is made online, right? And, and you know, and, and there are people, right? Old school minded people. That have not transitioned in their mind. And because they have not transitioned in their mind, guess what? They're losing their physical business, right? They didn't plan ahead to the digital world, right? They lost everything. And I feel sorry for them. I really do. 
And I'm not saying I'm better than them or anything like that. I'm just saying that you got to be aware. You have to watch trends. Not just trends in the stock, stock market. Not just trends at your job. You have to watch society's trends. Where are things going? Right? You know, I was really lucky that I worked in communications, in radio. I was I thank God for radio. Radio was not something I planned. Radio was something that I thought that I was going to use to get to entertainment. And, and then I found out, right, down the road, I found out I didn't need to do that. But lucky thing I did that because I saw what was involved in the record companies. I saw how they signed these guys. I saw how they worked these guys to debt for pennies. I saw how these guys got hooked on drugs and the same guys that was hiring them and signing them was the same guys giving them drugs to keep them going, right? Go, 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 go. And pretty soon, you know, the conduit was the entertainer. And pretty soon, bzz, burnout. You see, pretty soon, rehab. You know, and everybody, everybody was like, oh, you know, so-and-so, bro. Oh, he's doing ice, you know, he's on ice. What? He's on ice. Oh, bro, yeah, we've seen him. Oh, he was all, he was all boss at the, the party. And, you know, so these, these things that happen, but they don't know why. They don't know why. The reason why is because they got to keep up. They got to keep working. They got to go. And somewhere along the line, some somebody goes, hey, bro, you know, you should do this, bro. You just you, you whack out this concert. Too easy. And boom, there you go. There's, there's, there's entertainers that I know personally, that I've come to know personally, that they don't know I know. They have no idea I know how much money was spent on drugs. Because the bookkeeper told me, <laughs> the bookkeeper told me, hey, bro, yeah, you like see the books, you know, and, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to name names or anything, but I'm just going to tell you that back in the day, you know, these guys, yeah, there, there was a, there was a party going on. There's a party going on for a lot of people. And that's part of the business. That's part of the industry. I was never involved in that part of it. You know, yeah, I partied, but I partied with my people. When, when I had, when I built my crew, I partied with my crew. And we partied right there at, so, at the other parties that we went to. We was in the party business. I mean, if you really want to party, if you love parties, okay, then, then go into the party business and provide something, you know, when it comes back, right? Not right now, because that would be a foolish move. But when it comes back, right? And go do that. And then go, go party for a living. It, you know, I used to tell people, man, I, I sometimes I feel guilty. I feel guilty going to a party, right? They take care of you. They go, oh, Junior, bro, you look on beer, right? Well, glass of wine, what, what you like, bro? Anything you like, bro? We get on my choke, right? Right there, boom, right? What you like, food, <laughs> you know? And I couldn't eat party food. I, t I turned them down. I turned everybody down for eat. And they're like, huh? Well, you don't like eat. And I go, no, no, sorry, sorry. And I left and I went home. Right? I, maybe I had a glass of wine with the, with the host. Maybe I had a, a beer with the boys in the back, right? The guys working the party, the, you know, maybe I had a beer with them, but nah, I, could, I couldn't do party food because I would be 300 pounds. That's another podcast, Hoines. I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what I had to do to get to my goal, right? And that included losing weight. That included losing 60 pounds, right? That I had a hard time, but that's another podcast. But I will tell you that journey. Okay, there's so many things involved with getting to your goal that if you really want it, right? So the question is always, how bad do you want it? Now, if you really want it, what are you willing to do? Now, there's certain things I'm not willing to do. Okay, I'm not willing to, to work for a bunch of guys that treat me like crap. 
right, and make me go do something and boss me around and whatever and expect me to do the best show in the world for them. I'm not willing to do that. And and for that reason, you know, that's probably why God didn't send me to Vegas or, you know, other places like that, right? Because I, I wouldn't have that, right? And that, that would not work out well for me. You know, maybe I would be buried in a hole in a desert somewhere, but that wouldn't, you, you see what I'm saying? Maybe Maybe that wouldn't work out either way. You know, because um, you can't walk out on a contract, right? And in a place like Las Vegas, what they do, they their business is is the intake of cash, right? So they keep throwing cash at you. Then what do you do? Well, you make tons of cash. Well, you go gamble. You know, bro, I cannot tell you how many entertainers racked up a gambling bill that they had a hard time paying. In fact, one guy, right? You know, and then, and one day they they find him. And they go, oh, what happened? Oh, he died of a heroin overdose. Oh, really? How long did he have the habit? Oh, about 15 minutes. You see what I'm saying, Hoynes? I didn't want to be involved with that. But lucky thing I saw behind the curtain when I was young. When I was 17 years old, right? I saw behind everything. You know, like I said on the other podcast, we were sitting down with the guy with the plastic, with the rubber finger, Right, and he would take that because they use that to get by customs, so they wouldn't have to, you know, stop and get you know searched and go through all the hassle. So they just put rubber finger, boom, right in from Japan. There you go. But but you know, I saw this kind of stuff, right? And I go, okay, certain things I like, certain things I don't like, and sometimes the things you don't like comes with the territory, you know. So sometimes you gotta avoid the territory, or you gotta just say, nah, you know what. I, I just gonna do my own. I just going. I going over here on my own path, and I gonna try. And and you know God will deliver. God will deliver. I promise you that. If you stick to your goal, no matter how long, no matter how hard, no matter what, your desire is bringing things to you. What you desire is coming to you, but it ain't gonna come the way you think, right? Because I was thinking, well, okay, you know, one day I gonna I gonna build one compound. And I'm going to live in this compound and, and I'm going to, you know, have people deliver all the stuff for me for eat and what my food, everything. And, and I'm just, just going to work from home. I'm just going to do, you know, home stuff. Guess what, Hawaiians? I live in a compound right now. I order stuff that gets delivered. <laughs> you know, you see? But, but it took a pandemic. It took, you know, we lost two companies. We lost the wedding and party business. We lost the entertainment business. Well, I don't want to say we lost the entertainment business, but I gave up. I'm like, nah, you know what, Paul? You know, because there's a certain point, right, where you get to. And if the if the obstacle is too great, you can pivot. As an entrepreneur, you can pivot. That's what we call pivoting, right? So you go so far with something, you hit a stone wall. What are you going to do? You're going to keep knocking on a stone wall? You're going to keep butting your head on a stone wall? No, you're going to turn and you're going to work that one. And that's why guys like Bob Proctor talk about multiple avenues of income. You establish multiple avenues of income because when this one slows down, that one's banging. When that one's not banging, this other one starts to bang. See? And then, and then you start bawling. Right? right? Bawling is, is relative. Right? I guess if, if I put all my money in a bank and I didn't reinvest into my companies or into more companies or, or whatever, Right? Um, I, I would probably have a big, big, big bank account that's not doing nothing. That's what I said. Not doing nothing. Right? The worst place you can keep your money is in a bank. That's the worst place. You can look at my bank account. I drain them all the time. All the time. Drain them, drain them, drain them. 
right? Reinvest, reinvest, reinvest. You make money over here on this company, you turn around, you use them for that company. Now, I don't care what you use them for. You advertise, you do whatever you do. You buy supplies, you buy equipment, you do whatever, but you build that company, right? That one no work? Okay, good. Let just You don't have to shut it down, okay? You just, you just have to go to the other one. You pivot to the other one. And you go and you build that one. Now, pretty soon what happens is you have a you have two or three or four built. You have two or three or four fully equipped. And what's the equation or what's the, the, the formula? The formula is success happens when preparation meets opportunity. Right? Now, if you're not prepared, I saw so many local people do, do this. They wasn't prepared for the success. Okay. And when, and when the success came, they didn't know what to do. And you know what? When they didn't know what to do, guess what happened? Yep. Vultures came, right? <laughs> they, they were humans, but yeah, they, they kind of resemble vultures, right? They was, they was picking meat off the bone. Line. Bro, we saw, we saw this stuff. We seen them come, we seen them go. We saw them rise, we seen them fall, right? And I'm not saying it like I'm making fun of them. I'm just saying it was sad. Because they didn't do the preparation. Okay? Opportunity came before the preparation was even thought of. They didn't even think of preparing. You know? They, they practiced. They did their, their homework. They did their, uh, you know, they, they built the business, whatever, right? But then, boom, there's a big run on business. Boom, 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 Gone. One of our clients did that. They had a successful restaurant, right? The thing went, went die down. Our consultant company built them back up again. Brought we we just pointed the finger over there. They're these guys right there. That's what we did in advertising, right? I'm just I'm just saying for 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 the theater of the mind, right? You pointing the finger right there, right there, right there. This one, right? In advertising, we brought up tons of business, right? And and the preparation and the opportunity, right? The there was the preparation was it was okay. It was fair to moderate. Okay, but the opportunity came. What happened? Well, you focus on what you're not making. You jack up the price. Everybody goes away, right? So, so we had to disconnect from that. We had we don't want our company name tarnished, right? So we pull out. But I'm just telling you, there's times when preparation is not done. Okay, because if you pre- if you're prepared and you're doing volume sales with something, right, and you're not doing the other stuff that much. You're not losing money. You're doing volume sales and you don't even know. You, you bring in traffic, right? But in your mind, you're thinking, oh, man, I'm not making I'm not making million dollars because I'm not selling the other stuff or whatever. But no, you're selling this other stuff in volume. See what I'm saying, Owens? So, so anyway, every situation is different. But I saw people, individuals, even, even in entertainment, it wasn't prepared. The opportunity came, boom, they just took them. Sign the paper. Okay, let's go. Sign the contract. All right, let's go. Let's do. Boom. Gone. Right? And then at the other end, when you see them down the road 10 years, 10 years down the road, hey, what what you doing these days? Oh, bro, you know, ah, these guys ripped me off. This guy didn't this and that and then and then and yeah, 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 yow, yow, right? Okay. But you see, it. I'm in no position to judge. I'm not a judge, right? And I'm like, ah, too bad. Ah, if, and, and then sometimes you have this thought, Owens. You go, wow, if it was me, if I had that opportunity, right? Right? Okay, but here's the thing. You keep preparing. You prepare to the day you die. I don't care what you're working on. 
You can be working on one shoe shine stand, okay? But you make sure that stand is functioning. You make sure that stand is supplied and stocked with polish. You make sure you get on a rag for whatever, whatever, materials, right? You make sure you got the best damn shoe shine stand, right? Try to say that 10 times fast, Hoyne. <laughs> shoe shine stand. <laughs> but I'm just saying, right? You make sure you you prepared. Because when somebody comes and goes, you know what, bro? We're going we go, we go to go make one chain of these shoe shine stands. We'll put them all around the island because this is so good. I can see this making money in, in, in every major, you know, we put one in Mililani. We put one in Ever Beach. We put one in Waipahu. We put one in, you see, we put one in Waikiki. We put one in downtown. And then now we'll have a huge shoe shine operation going because this one is so good. And this one is making money. And now, now we're going we're gonna to 10, 10x your business. We're going to 10 times them. See? Okay, now that's opportunity. And if you're not prepared, right? If you're just, if you're just winging it, if you're just whatever, with no plan, no structure, no nothing, opportunity comes, bro, people will exploit you. People will put you out there. People will whatever. Because they know what they're going to make, Right? The best piece of advice, I think one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was, hey, when somebody, and this came from, this came from a very prominent man, okay, that's all I'm going to say, I'm not going to name names on this one, okay, but I can tell you, and, and he was one of my mentors, and he told me, when somebody figures out how they're going to make money on you, or with you, or using you to make money, your job is to figure out how you gonna benefit from him? What you gonna get? In other words, somebody can offer you a contract to do something. Doesn't matter. Could be building homes, whatever. Contractor could be anything, right? But when when they find when they see your value, you gotta see your value. You gotta realize your value. Okay. Not only that, but you gotta turn around and you gotta you gotta you gotta re-engineer backward engineer this thing and go okay well he gonna give me on contract this gonna lead to that right how can i take that and make money for me and establish something over here on the side for me that makes money and that's what the good entertainers do that's what the good businessmen do right because they go okay well this guy you know he offered me a two-year contract he gonna make me famous in in entertainment right so what i'm gonna do is is yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna copy my i'm gonna copyright my, my my trade name i'm gonna get my business license i'm gonna do all of this for three years i gotta work for him but then after that i'm gonna make my own and i'm gonna put money on the side right because then i'm gonna let the money build up as soon as i power the contract boom i'm gonna make my own and i can name you a group that did that and they're very, very successful in that, okay? And, and here's another thing. Ladies listening, uh, my 20 percenters, <laughs> my 20 percenters, okay? They're female. They're girls, okay? And they did that with the company. Why? Because they thought ahead, right? And they, they got, they, they paid their dues. It's called paying your dues, right? You pay your dues. You go with this company. They're the big guys. They produce you. They make you famous. Then you turn around and you make your own. And then now you're good. You see? And 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 there ever after, you're right. But the purpose of this podcast, Hawaiians, okay? The purpose of this podcast is to tell you that if you look back on your life, you're going to see what you attracted. Did Are you living drama? Do you have drama every day? Okay. You attracted the drama. Think back. 
think back, okay? Think back to, to you, you know, sometimes with two people in a relationship, you cannot see who started the first drama. You don't know, right? You don't know. You just know it got to that, right? Now, if, it, if it's that, then you got to figure it out. And then you got you to gotta put on timeout on them. And I don't mean a timeout like you need to be away from the person. I mean a timeout like you got to go learn. And you got to learn about males and females and all of that. And then you got to start putting them into, into play. Put it into action. If it's a business, right, then whatever. Whatever applies. Then you got to, you know, if it's a business and you're bleeding money, then you, you got to go, you got to go retool them. You got, you got to go rethink the plan. You know, and that's and you know if you're if you're one of those people that have a, a business that's failing right now because of the circumstances and the the pandemic, then yeah, you gotta go look at the digital world. You gotta start learning the digital world. You know, if you didn't start, you know that, and that's why I said I, I thank God for radio, which is one of the things that I did to get to do my music. And along the way, right, the the Facebook came. You know, first first was was uh, AOL, right? You got mail, and that and that led to MySpace, and that led to Facebook, and that led to Twitter, and that you see what I'm saying? And then and then they came and they educated us. They told us, look, this is how you can connect with your fans. This is how you can connect with the people that listen to you. And we was like, huh? We was like, oh, okay. So MySpace, bro, I was on MySpace Music. I sold music on MySpace Music. I was selling CDs on MySpace Music. I kept it kind of quiet. I mean, it you know, it was something on MySpace, right? But we, we never talked about it on the radio. I think we mentioned, like, I'm on MySpace and they, did, they just went and bought music, right? But my music has never really sold in Hawaii. I get checks every month, Hawaiians, from Amazon, right? Every month I get checks going in the bank. No sales in Hawaii. When I look at, when I go back and I look at the stuff, I go, oh, okay. It's all coming from Singapore. It's all coming from Japan. It's all coming from different places in, in, in America and different places in the world. See? So don't be limited and only think that, oh, this is, this is my, this is my, my pond right here. And this is where I operate in my pond. No, 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 Hawaiians. It's a global marketplace. Think global. But what you desire comes to you. I met the heroes in my life. The guys I watched on TV, I met them. All except Frank Sinatra. I didn't meet him. I didn't meet Dean Martin. I didn't meet the national guys. Or some guys I met, right? You know, I, I met some guys. I met some guys like Eddie Griffin and, you know, John Lovitz. You know, I told you guys a story, right? I did Dave with Tommy Chong, right? All that stuff. Okay, but, but I brought it to me. It came to me. I didn't go to Hollywood to go meet Tommy Chong. He came to me. All this stuff came to me. The guy that put me on the radio show that, that was the second pop, most popular radio show, he asked me, right? And I got to know him from a small little hole-in-the-wall radio station. I got to know him, right? And and he just had this, I don't know, he, he just had this thing where he was going to help me one day. And one day, I, he didn't even know it was going to, you know, end up in like this he never knew it was going to end up like this nobody did right but he said hey bro hey come come fill in for the kind he, he's out one week and the rest as they say Hawaiians, is history okay so you gotta trust you gotta have faith in your creator you gotta know that it's coming you gotta put out your intention okay you gotta marry intention with emotion you gotta feel them Hawaiians. oh oh sorry Hawaiians. I, I gotta go i gotta go. but 
But you know what I'm talking about, Owens. You gotta feel them, okay? You gotta feel them. You gotta know like you know, like you know it's coming and that you will succeed. And guess what? God gonna open the doors for you. And when he does, it's gonna be awesome. You might not get them the way you like them, but you're gonna get them. All right. Hey, we wanna thank Island Club and Spa Better Randy's sister Jerry, also Voice Master Enterprises, Family of Service Companies, and AFMHawaiiMusic.com. Till next time, I'm Junior K. Whoever Junior saying mahalo and aloha.